This is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Where we Dungeons and Dragons with each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm your host, your friend, your dungeon master, my name is Paul, and today we are bringing you another edition of Make Believe Champions. You know these as the special canonical one-shots in the world of Monumi, where we host a couple of patron guests who supported us at the Make Believe Champions level. This is our fifth adventure from these Make Believe Champions games, if I'm not wrong. And uh, this one is a lot of fun. I'm really excited for you all to hear it with our guests Jack and Charlie. But before we get to the adventure, I wanted to take just a moment and let everyone know that we are working very hard on getting things ready for Season 4. There is not going to be nearly as long of a wait between 3.5 and Season 4, I promise you that. But in the meantime, if you just can't get enough MBH and you just need that extra fix, you should check out the Patreon website, patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes where you can find a lot of special episodes, uh, Monumi Unwrapped episodes where we talk about the world behind the scenes. There are some MBH Plays episodes where we play games other than D&D. Uh, Felicia ran a My Little Pony adventure. Uh, we've got some more of those in the pipeworks right now, ready to come out hopefully very soon. So if you're just dying for more content, that stuff is available. You can get it on the Patreon but either way, I just wanted to let everyone know we are going to get you that content and get back to rolling with our weekly schedule as soon as possible. Oh, and if you're interested in picking up some really, really cool stickers of our characters from Season 1 and Season 2 and a couple of others that are kind of thrown in there, then you should check out the link in the show notes for a Google form. Go to that Google form and check out what we've got on offer. We're ordering stickers from Season 1, Season 2, and we also have all three posters from Seasons 1, 2, and 3. If you'd like to order one, go now, fill it out on that form, and we'll be in touch about uh, placing that order very soon. Thank you all so much for your support, for sticking with us during a difficult year, if we could be honest. But here we are. Uh, we're doing well. Things are going well with the show. And we are very excited to tell the next step in the story. Speaking of that, today's Champions episode and the second part, which will release hopefully very soon after this one, are pertinent to the story of Season 4. There are some characters here that you're going to need to know, uh, some events that you need to have the information about before we begin Season 4. So please take the time to listen and enjoy it because let me tell you, this one was a blast to play. And just a quick note, if you notice some weird audio glitches here and there, we had a few technical difficulties with a couple of the recordings, and we ended up having to pull from our backup. Uh, so don't worry, everything is good. If it sounds a little different, just remember, with these Champions episodes, we don't expect our guests to go out and buy professional recording equipment. We're just glad you can hear them and that they had a great time playing with us. So, that's enough from me. Let's begin with part one of Make Believe Champions Adventures in Dwarf Sitting. We begin. It's quite dark where you stand. 
waiting. More than 15 minutes have passed since you arrived at this secluded place just off the entrance of an inactive mining tunnel. Dimmerhold, the city of the dwarves deep inside the Icefall Mountains, is a grand place full of the deepest beauty that the mountains can offer. But here, where you're at right now, the walls are dark and drab. There's a constant dripping up ahead, and the longer you wait, the more annoying it becomes. Finally, just when you think you've been forgotten, you hear the clip-clop of hooves and the tumbling of an approaching cart. Dim torchlight fills the dank cavern as the cart turns the long corner before you. A stout dwarf brings a large ram to a stop and hops down, feeding the beast a turnip from his hand. He walks toward the two of you forward, holding his uh, head and his chin high. His long black beard is hanging down and tucked into his belt. He's holding a small torch, which now illuminates the three of you. He's covered beneath a large charcoal gray cloak, which you both plainly hear the telltale clink of heavy armor underneath. Stepping forward, he looks up at you, Thurnier, tall above him. Why don't you uh, tell us what Thurnier looks like? So he is very tall. And he has, he's like bald, like a big rock. Mm -hmm. And he has some like paintings kind of on his head, like some tattoos. Okay. Blue eyes and sort of like a, like a, like a sort of largish nose. Okay. Uh, is he, does he have any weaponry that's showing on him? Yeah. He has a great axe like on his back. Oh, and you boy. can see like a boomerang sticking out of his back pocket. Oh, that's a good place for a boomerang. And he is a Goliath, right? Yes. Huge. So this dwarf walks up to the two of you, and he stops and looks up at you, Thurnier, and he gives a respectful nod, and he says, Ah, son of the mountain, I hear it's cold in the long dark. And then he pauses. Cold it may be, but dark not for long. He gives out a little sigh of relief, uh, and then he reaches out to greet you uh, with like one of those forearm grabs and a shake. The name's Dunin, and you must be Thurnir. It's, uh, it's an honor, son of the mountain. And you must be Kelgum. Your reputation certainly precedes you, brother, he says with a smirk, reaching forward to shake your hand as well, Kelgum. I shake it. And what does Kelgum look like? So, he's a dwarf. He's kind of small, and he has a little bit of hair on his head, but he has a big curled beard. And then he has oh. a cloak, but... He's not really using the hood part, and then he ha he has, like, a rapier on his side. Cool. Does he have any, like, scars or anything like that? Yeah, I would say he he has, um, he has some slashes on, like, the end of his cloak, and he has a scar, like, right on his eye, like, going across. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty intimidating. Uh, all right, so uh, Dunin shakes your hand. He greets you. Uh, I assume that you've already received your instructions. Yep. Uh, that's right. Uh, so, just to recap, just in case, uh, you'll take this cart here down the tunnel. Uh, it's about an eight-hour journey through the dark. Uh, I'm sure that won't be a problem for either of you mountain dwellers. Uh, it'll bring you out in the southern part of the Glimmerdale Forest. Uh, of course, the Glimmerdale. <clears throat> south of the mountains, uh, follow the Glim River south. Uh, you'll come to a bridge. From there, it's a straight shot to Norden Town. Once you arrive, head to the western part of the city, look for a tavern. Uh, I think it's called... Um, oh, shoot, what is the name of that tavern? He kind of knocks on his head for a minute. Uh, it's uh, Norden Lights. Uh, he, he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out a scroll, and he hands you the scroll. 
This has all these instructions written down for you in case you forget something. It'll be in there. Um, you're to deliver the cart there. There's a man waiting for it. Uh, once you've completed your task and returned, you'll receive the second half of your pay. And by the way, here's the first half. He pulls out a bag of gold for each of you. The moment that it hits your palm, you can tell it's weighty with gold. Full of gold. Like I said, second half will be waiting here. <clears throat> You'll find me right here at the same place at midnight in one week. Uh, so you got some time. It's only about two day travel or so uh, down there. So you should have a little bit of leeway if you get, <clears throat> you know, in a battle with an owl bear or something. But <laughs> uh, third and the other, you look like you could probably handle a few owl bears if you need to. My third and sort of like chuckles. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so yeah, one week, uh, and we'll meet back here. He kind of turns, he gives you a nod, he, he walks back over toward the cart, uh, kind of motioning for you guys to follow him. Okay, I head on over there. Yep, me too. So as you're walking, he, uh, he, he steps over to the ram. Now you gentlemen know that the gauntlet of the moon is approaching, uh, lads. First in almost a decade. It's vital that this package be delivered post-haste. Or else it'll be bad news for the gauntlet. And uh, we're counting on you too, all right. And uh, by, by the way, <laughs> he he walks over to the to the cart, and it's like a pretty pretty good sized cart. It's got a lot of boxes and packages on it. He pulls back the uh, like the big tarp that's laying over top of it, and uh, he kind of digs around and he pulls up this box. It looks like a pretty simple wooden box, no like nothing like crazy on it, except there's a lock, and the lock has a strange-looking dwarven symbol on it. And uh, he pulls it up. It's not huge. It's probably about, I don't know, a foot wide and about, I would say, four feet long, this box. Uh, and it's not very very deep. It's only probably maybe about a foot deep. So, I mean, it's, it's not super heavy, but it's a heavy little box. Uh, nothing for either of you to be easy for you to carry. This is the package. This is the item. Uh, the rest of this, well, it's just for show. You know, some, some carrots and stuff in there. Potatoes if you need it. Probably some salted pork. But this right here, this. Now this is your delivery. This is what you got to take to the uh, to the one that's waiting for it <clears throat> in Northern Town. In the, just so you know. Uh, you, you two don't need to hear this, but just so you do know. Uh, you can't open it. And when I, say you, when I say you can't open it, I mean it's not going to open. You see this lock right here? He kind of taps on it. And you see that rune kind of glow a little bit. It's magic, my boys. Uh, it's magic. It'll only open it if you know the password. And don't don't worry. It's not in that letter I gave you either. Uh, this this gentleman, he knows the word to open it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that you try. Uh, I don't know that it'll explode in your face, but it could, you know, or put a curse on you that it'll, you'll never shake till your dying days. <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, just don't open it. Uh, it'll be good. Oh, and... Make sure you take good care of Donald here. And he, he pats the ram on the head. He's got these big curled horns. He's perfect through the mountains. He'll do you great through this tunnel. And if you take good care of him, he'll take good care of you. All right? All right. He likes turnips. Like, there's some carrots back here. He loves carrots. And, you know, if you happen to see a fruit here or there, an apple, he'll take that as well. Let's be honest. He'll eat just about anything you'll give him. But those are his favorites. Okay? Okay. He's a good boy. You're a good boy, aren't you, Donald? And he pats him again on the head. All right, well, that's enough from me. Uh, you two have everything you need for a journey. I'll be off then. May Dervetter bless your journey. And he gives you a little bow and guide you home safely. Yep. <laughs>
<laughs> yep. Uh, he as quickly as he arrives, he turns and begins jogging off into the dark tunnel behind with a clink, clank, clink, clank of heavy armor, and leaves you two standing in the dark with a little torch. So I guess I'll hand the torch to Kelgum and then just jump up on the cart. Say, let's go. Okay, I hand the torch to him and then I jump up. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll drive it. Okay. You know how to drive a cart. I mean, you know, it's not, I don't need a check or anything like that. Ahead of you is a tunnel. It's pretty flat right now. It's pretty flat ground. Like I said, it looks like an abandoned uh, mining tunnel, probably carved through at one point or another, but it's not active. There's no equipment around. You might see the occasional pickaxe left lying against the the wall, Uh, but it's dark. It's kind of wet. There's no, like, water running through it, but, you know, when you get deep, it's just wet walls and stuff like that. Uh, you all just start rolling down the tunnel? Yep. I guess. Down the tunnel you go. Uh, a dragon pops out and destroys you. Just kidding. You are rolling. Everything is fine. Uh, there's, it's just, you know, it's just quiet except for the sound of dripping water and the clip-clop of hooves and the rolling wheels of the cart. And it stays like that for a long time. Dunin told you it was uh, an eight-hour drive to the end of the tunnel. It's early morning. You guys have met early in the morning, so you've gotten a good start on the day. But you, uh, you're just rolling along, rolling along. It's dark. You've got that one torch. There are a few others in the back if that one starts to get low and you want to light it. You don't come across any wildlife. You don't come across any people. It's just a long, boring drive through the tunnel. Do you do anything or want to do anything during the trip? Um, I might take, like, a short rest or something. Okay. I mean, you've got plenty of places to just kind of lay back and chill out. You know, you're feeling good, maybe bored. I don't know. What about Thurnier? What are you doing? Probably just going to be, like, picking up rocks and throwing them at the wall. Okay. <laughs> you do that. Nothing Nothing going on. You guys are just kind of keeping yourself occupied. Uh, why don't you both give me a perception check? Okay. I got a 22. Oh, boy. I got a 12. So you guys are riding along. Kelgum, you've probably fallen asleep during your short rest, kind of snoring just a little bit and kind of jerking awake every once in a while when he hits a bump or you hear the sound of a rock crashing against the wall where uh, Thurnier is just slamming him against the wall as he's driving. Thurnier, you throw a rock against the wall, uh, you hear a snore from Kelgum, and then you're pretty, you, you kind of like your ear perks up a little bit. You could have swore you heard a little giggle. I guess I'll like look in the back of the cart, like, under all the bags and stuff. Okay. Uh, give me an investigation check. It's only a five. Okay. There are definitely a bunch of boxes. Uh, some of them are nailed shut, which that's not a big deal for you. You kind of look around for a minute. You don't see anything. And, you know, once you maybe open one or two boxes, you think, this is crazy. There's nothing here. Okay. So you hop back on and keep moving? I guess I'll just give a carrot to... The guy, Donald. Donald, yeah. He accepts the carrot gladly. Uh, licks your hand. He's very affectionate. I wipe it on my on my, on my uh, pants or something. Yeah. <laughs> Get that off. Okay, you guys keep rolling. 
like I said, it's a long journey, boring. But, you know, it, it, the time passes, and then finally, you start to see, without realizing it, sort of a bright glow beginning to fill the hall. It's just kind of like you can suddenly see the walls a little bit better and a little bit better. You can feel that the tunnel has started to come into an incline. You're moving upward, not steeply, but it's moving upward. And then after about a half an hour or so, you come to the mouth of this tunnel. And it brings you right out into the Glimmerdale Forest, the expansive forest that surrounds the southern and most of the western and eastern borders of the mountains uh, where Dimmerhold lies. You come out and it is very cold. There is snow everywhere. The trees are covered and capped with white uh, blankets of snow. Uh, and where you guys exit, there's no path. You're just kind of right in the middle of the forest, and it's it's cool. There's not a strong wind blowing, just kind of like a cool winter breeze. Uh, there's it's not it's not snowing, but there's kind of some flurries in the air stirring, and you are out in this cool and wintry landscape. All right. So this girl said to like go to a lake and cross a bridge, right? said head down to the river, the Glim River, which is the, the primary river that runs actually into Dimmerhold. You guys are familiar with it. Uh, it leads south, uh, but it actually cuts over toward the west at one point. So when it does that, uh, but like a probably, I don't know, just a, a, a little bit before you get to where the, road, the river turns, there's a bridge. And he said, if you'll just follow the river south, you'll eventually come to the bridge. And when you, call, when you cross that bridge, it's a straight shot down to Nordentown. Okay, so I guess I'll just drive the cart through like, uh, like the path of least resistance with like the least bushes and stuff. Yeah, you you can sort of weave your way through. You're heading south. Uh, you can hear the river when you come out of the tunnel, so you know that you're not far from it and uh, that you are in fact on the western side of the river. So you guys kind of head south and and toward the sound of the river to where you can see it. Doesn't take long. Just a little bit. You know, you've been traveling now for a long time, and, you know, with, with probably a couple stops here and there, it's probably actually taking you closer to about nine hours. So at this point, the sun is setting as you guys come out the tunnel. Uh, it's not set, but it's it's on its descent. You've got probably an hour and a half, maybe, of, of daylight left. So you're traveling through the forest. Uh, you come to where you can see the river. And the closer you get to the river, the more it's kind of like a beaten path. The side of the river that you're on right now and where you're at, it's less traveled. You're in a less traveled area. There's not a main road, but you're likely to hit one if you keep traveling south. Uh, you come near the river and you just keep on rolling south. It is cold out here. Uh, you know, you guys are probably kind of used to it, having spent a lot of time around Dimmerhold and the mountains and stuff like that, but it's still very cold. You're traveling, the sun keeps going down, it keeps going down until finally it gets to a point that it is dark enough that uh, Donald is having trouble seeing well, and you notice he's kind of stumbling around just a little bit and getting getting pretty tired. All right, so I guess we should probably like stop and wait a little bit. Is, do, is there like a tent in the cart? Uh, you've got like uh, bedrolls and some stuff to make a little shelter for sure. All right. So I'd say I'm probably awake by now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say you've been awake for a while, probably. Okay. Uh, I'll start to set up, like, the little shelter and give Donald another couple carrots. Okay. You give Donald some carrots. He kind of goes over to one side and 
stomps around in the snow for a little bit and then plops down, takes a little break, getting some rest. And you're you're gathering firewood for a fire? Yeah. What's Kelgum do? Um I'm definitely not helping him. <laughs> uh perfect. Uh, either taking watch, seeing if like anything's gonna come or like just kind of yeah, just kind of like waiting around. Okay, so while you're kind of wandering around checking things out, why don't you give me a uh, perception check? Okay, sixteen. Okay, so you're standing around near the cart. You're kind of looking around, you know, checking the area out, scoping it out, listening, looking for any kind of signs of uh, people around or tracks or anything like that. And then as you are, you hear something. Uh, it sounds like something rattling around in the cart and then whispering. So. I go to the cart, and I, is it still there? Did I just hear it for like a couple seconds and then it left? As you're approaching the cart, are you trying to sneak up on the cart? Yeah, I guess. Why don't you give me a stealth check? Thirteen. Is that with your modifier? Yeah. Okay, so you rolled a three? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, with a thirteen, that's actually good enough. And that beats the passive perception of the definitely not stowaways hiding inside the cart uh he <laughs> sneaks up on the cart and kelgum as you sneak up on the cart you get right up next to it you hear the sound what sounds like two voices whispering do you, do you think they know no i wonder what's in the box there's no way that they know are you sure <laughs> there's no way i'm really either. hungry and it's really cold I told you to eat another carrot. You hear all this, Kelvin. We're out of carrots. <laughs> oh, no. Eat a potato. And I'm going to kind of start shuffling around the boxes. Like everything's kind of under this big tarp, so you can toss that back. Yeah. You do. There's a large box. It looks like it used to be full of carrots. <laughs> now it's just full of two small dwarvish children. <laughs> uh, Jeremy... Why don't you describe what your character looks like, Jeremy? So, you see a small dwarfish child who is covered in rusty black sooty metal on his... His face is clearly visible, like he's very much trying to show off this tiny little red beard that he's growing. I mean, he might have a whole inch there. <laughs> um, this peach fuzz, he's very proud of it. It's the only part of his body that's clean is his beard. The rest of them is covered in basically black soot. On his head, he has a helmet that has a visor that basically just covers his eyes, and it's very thin. And on his back, he has this backpack that has, like, these two big metal cylinder-looking things on it. And in one hand, he's holding a raw potato, and he's looking back and forth at the person next to him, and he goes, I think they see us. Okay, so my character is wearing a bandana tied around her head. It doesn't really have, like, it's dirty. Like, it looks dirty, it has green on it, has, you know, it's camo, but it's not, like, very fine. You could tell she's, like, rubbed stuff on it to make it look camo. She's got some camo on her face, brown, green, black, you know. But it's just, like, on her cheeks right there. Then she's got little sticks sticking out of her hair. She, her hair is braided on both sides. She's wearing a little necklace, and you can tell like it's some kind of little animal. And it's actually, you could tell it's a squirrel. 
<laughs> it's like a little bitty squirrel wooden carved out thing that she did. You can also tell that she is wearing a squirrel tail, which she has made from fabrics and stuff like that. So you see these two crazy looking kids huddled up inside this box on the back of the cart, Kelgum. And you two see Kelgum looking down at you. Um, <clears throat> I think they see us. Do you you actually see us? Do you see it? He can't see us. We're too camp. Okay, maybe he does see us. I don't know. The the invisibility wore off a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) He just bites the potato and just stares at you like, what about it? (laughs) So, Kelgum, what do you say? What are you guys doing in the back of this cart? (laughs) I look over. Um... He definitely sees us. And he, I stand up and like, yeah, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> like start shaking. Like, oh, I, I, hi. Uh, is is this your cart? <laughs> He's like trying to trying to make his voice as deep as possible and doing a bad job of it. Uh, we yeah. we just saw some carrots in here, and he really likes carrots. And I just I, the taters are good too. Yeah. The, he ate all the he ate all the carrots. Thornier, you can definitely hear this conversation going on. Just for a couple feet away, you hear him yell, "Those are Donald's carrots." <laughs> <laughs> Donald, he likes he likes the potatoes too. Well, Squirrel Wait, ate them all, doesn't he? Well, he ate them all. Never mind. <laughs> Why did you guys come besides the carrots? He just looks at Squirrel. She just looks at yeah. She just looks at Ox like. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, ask, ask Squirrel. I, I was gonna I mean, say ask <clears throat> you. Um. Okay. Um. Cart had lots of good-looking food. He elbows her and he's like, "That that's good, right? That's good. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good one. Good one. Yeah. What he said. Um. Does it matter? Like, why does it matter while we're here? And she just keeps looking at Ox like, "Does it really matter?" Like, why can't we be here? Thornier just kind of face palms. <laughs> He's like, well, we have to deliver this this box, and we can't have children trying to break it open. It could kill you, and you can't have you get eaten by an owl bear. You know the stories. Who are you calling the children? He, like, puffs up his chest. Yeah, I'm just, I'm 12. I'm 12, and, 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 wait. I'm 12 in 20 minutes. Okay, maybe we're... He puffs his, you puff out your chest, <laughs> uh, Ox. Yeah. I thought we were ten. <laughs> <laughs> he whispers to Squirrel. Uh, just, just go with it. I'm trying. I, oh, these kids are. We gotta sound older. Oh, we are. <clears throat> and Squirrel just kind of looks at the two dudes like they're not listening to us. She's oblivious. You, uh, you guys, uh, you want some? Some dwarves to help you on your trip? Um, can we can oh, we exchange yeah. them for other dwarves? <laughs> hey, we're we're some of the best dwarves you'll ever see. Squirrels are like, awesome. When people go on missions, they usually ask us. Uh, no, Ox, listen, Ox is the best dwarf that I know. He he knows all kinds of stuff. Look at this! Look at this sword he made me, and it's a wooden sword. Mm. And it's pretty big, like... Whoa, whoa, watch where you point that. I'm sorry, sorry. It's pretty sharp. Don't 
don't touch it right there. But it he made that for me. He's so good. Okay, then go make a campfire and finish building the camp. Okay. <laughs> Squirrel just looks over Ox and I mean, if that's what are you, you're gonna cook some food, right? Roasted taters. Yep. If we have any left. Mm, not a lot. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Squirrel <laughs> jumps up on the side of the cart and like jumps off, mm. and you can now see her awesome squirrel tail that she's made. Oh boy. And it's just it's pretty long, like it's touching the ground. It's, so it's dragging the ground. Yeah. So she's she jumps off and she runs over and she starts you know fixing up the camp. Because it obviously can't stand up like a normal squirrel because no. she's actually a dwarf. Yes, it's just dragging mm. on the ground. It's just- <laughs> it's the Ox, like lumber falls out of the back of the cart. Just boom. Yeah. He's very heavy. He walks over to the to where the fire would be, and he like he starts shuffling around, and he pops open one of the canisters on his back and dips out this black powder and throws it on oh, it no. and grabs a couple rocks, and he's like, um, stand back, and slaps them together, and it's boom, and it's like a small explosion. And you, you can smell, oh you know, some burning some burning hair, but he, he adeptly makes a fire very quickly. Good one, Ox. Uh, that's a good fire. Uh, thanks, Squirrel. There's a pretty loud little boom from that, but it does start a fire really quickly. It smells a little <laughs> like, you know, gunpowder <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but it, there's a fire. What are you doing? That's too loud. You just attracted hundreds of creatures. Huh? Which way? And he like takes a piece of his armor out and starts unfolding it, so it looks like a ha- it unfolds to an axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, squirrel. He he says, "There's creatures around." Creatures. And he like gets his back on the fire. He's like, "Squirrel, I'm nervous. It's, it's dark out. I just want food." Don't don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. You hear the loud call of a uh, of a bird. Kelgum, you see an enormous crow land on a branch nearby, looking down at you guys. Okay, so um, I'm going to go out hunting and see if I can find any food, and I kind of go towards the direction of the crow. All right, you do. The crow calls and takes off flying again into the air. You start to wander off? Yeah. Okay. So Squirrel is still just, she's acting like she's doing something, but she don't really know what she's doing, setting okay. up a camp. So uh, she's, you know, thinking about times when she's been with grown-ups making up a camp, and she's trying to do that. So, like, she gets a couple twigs, puts it next to the fire. Like, it's not even wood. It's just twigs. So then she sees Kelgum go off, and she mm-hmm. kind of starts trailing him a little. Like, not really. Like, she's trying to trail him, but she's, no. You obviously hear the sound of a small dwarven uh, girl following you, jumping from tree to tree, rolling in the snow. Yeah, you might hear her humming, too. (laughs) I just look behind me. Do I see her? Uh, You definitely see her. She, like, rolls uh, from one tree to another tree. (laughs) Please. (laughs) You see her, for sure. Oh. Do you say anything? She doesn't, you don't necessarily know that he's seen you, but do you say anything to her? What do you do? I'd say go back, it's dangerous, and something could attack you. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing about you. <laughs> That's why I came with you. And she pulls out the wooden sword. Look, I've got your back. Nobody's gonna mess with you. Look at this sword. 
And she starts swinging it and like trips. Mm. <laughs> kind of, okay, don't, that, I didn't mean to do that. What Puts is, it back on her back. What does Kelgum say? Go back. I don't think that can actually hurt anything. It can hurt something. It can, she goes up to a tree. Look at, watch this. Watch. And she gets a sword. She's looking at Kelgum. Kind of looks back at the tree, like, just watch. And she swings as hard as she can and just oh. hits the tree with it's the sword. really loud. Like it's a like really a really loud crack. <laughs> See? Look at that tree. piece of bark flies off of it. Some snow falls down onto her. Ugh. Told you. Look at that. <laughs> I got your... You just don't worry about me. Just don't worry about me. You just go. I got... I... Just go. I walk up to her and... Uh-huh. I grab the sword and I kind of throw it back towards the camp. Hey! <laughs> okay, give me a uh, give me a sleight of hand to try and uh, snatch it out of her hand. I think you got a pretty good sleight of hand. Um, I got a thirteen again. Okay, uh, why don't you give me a dexterity saving throw, um, squirrel? Seventeen plus okay. one. So that's an eighteen. So she she actually manages to kind of quickly duck out of the way as you try to grab it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to touch my sword? You can't. You too. You're too slow. <laughs> you're too slow. She's really sneaky. <laughs> Everyone is so loud. What is Thurnier doing? He's just trying to cook something with the pork and whatever vegetables are left. You hear the whack of someone smacking a sword against a tree. Uh, you see. Um, Ox, step over and yell into the forest. She's really sneaky. <laughs> now, just make as much noise as you want. It's too late now. <laughs> why, why do you? Why do you want me to make noise? <clears throat> because then the animals can come and we can hunt them and get their meat. Uh, are are you sure? He uh, he like just takes his axe and starts raking it across his uh. All of his metal scales that he's wearing, it's just like clank, oh clank, my clank, goodness. clank, 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 clank. Are you sure about this? What if something bad hears us? As he is doing that, Kelgum, you're standing there getting frustrated, I, I have no doubt, with this squirrel dressed <laughs> dwarf child, and you hear the caw of a crow, and this crow swoops down and lands on your shoulder. And when it does, it leans over and whispers something into your ear. Something's coming. And then takes off flying. Creepy. So I just start bolting back toward camp. Hey, hey, where are you going? You are running back toward camp. You're not far. I mean, you're you're close enough that they can hear the tree smack, and and you could hear ox yelling. So you're you're not more than just a, you know, probably a couple dozen yards away. And uh, so you take off running back toward the camp. Ox is slamming this thing against his metal and making noise is trying to cook and uh, Kelgum why don't you give me a perception check with advantage okay 16 16 okay just as you are coming into the view of the camp it's dark out now right so all of you can see pretty well it's dark out now but you can see the glow of the light and as you just sort of come to where you can see the camp you see something unsettling you see something perched in a large tree looming over top of the camp it looks like some sort of humanoid kind of but it almost looks bird-like uh it is 
draped in some sort of thick white cloak, and it's hard to make out exactly what it is in the dark against the snowy trees, but you definitely spot something there. When you do, when you spot that, what do you do? Do you run in? Do you, like, stop and sort of hide? Uh, what do you do? Is Oxno making noise? Oh, oh yes. He's starting to make a little dance out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of run up to him and just kind of, like, lightly tackle him. Okay. Kind of, like, roll behind a rock. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> what? What? Just go ahead and give me a stealth check. We'll see how quickly you can do that and sort of tuck behind something. 16. Okay. As you do that, you run out, you kind of tackle him, you kind of knock him over. Thurnier, you see Kelgum come run out of the woods, just sort of slam into this kid, knock him down. His axe falls down, so he stops clanging. And then he sort of tucks and rolls behind a rock nearby. You can still see him very clearly uh, from where you're standing. Uh, Squirrel, do you run in behind him? What do you do? Oh, yeah. She's probably going to try to do what he's doing. (laughs) Okay, so you you run up. You kind of, you like bump into Ox? Yeah. She, like, no, it's more like she's not going to tackle him, but she just runs up and, like, touches Ox Uh on the shoulder. Like, she did what he did. Like, it's a game. Okay, I got him. And now she's going to roll behind him. Yeah, you're rolling, rolling. You roll a little bit, and you have to, like, kind of get up and then roll a little more. Yeah. And you, you finally get back over behind the rock. Yeah. Why, uh, why, why are you behind this rock? Lernier <laughs> just looks around. He's very confused. Yeah. Ox is just laying there on the ground like, what is happening? I just point up at where the thing is. I say, something's up there. It seems like our little game has come to an end. And this thing flutters down. It like spreads these weird wings and hops down into the clearing. And when it does, a number of others similar to it come up from the woods around it. Runner yells, it's Batman! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, seems very excited. You see this this thing. It's humanoid, very tall, uh, a little over six feet tall. Not as tall as Thurnier, but still tall. It seems to be female. It has sort of feminine qualities to its physique. She lands lively on the snow in front of you, and she is crouched sort of uh, intimidatingly, like ready to strike. She's clothed in white leathers. She has a thick white fur cloak draped about her shoulders uh, and a hood over her head as well, so it's kind of hard to see her face. But as she lands, she pulls back the thick hood to reveal a narrow jaw lined with sharp teeth and two bright eyes as red as blood. Oh, no. Her face and her hands are covered in scales. She is some sort of weird draconic thing. And the figures that step out around her are less uh, covered, but they also have a pure white skin with scales. And if you had to describe them, you would describe them as lizard bats. Uh, uh, should, you, should I blast them? Who, 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 who are you? Going on, he pulls out his axe. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't be hasty. Take a moment. You hear a call. <laughs> you look around and you see a number of these things. There are small ones holding these short blades in their hands, probably four, maybe five or six of them. There are a couple of larger ones holding these big wooden shields. And then there is another one 
that lands beside the woman, shorter but winged as well. So, I mean, there are a number of them, quite a few. So, Squirrel did that call, and she's expecting Ox to know exactly what that means. Okay. Because he's harder. Does he, though? <laughs> if that means blast him, then he gets it. <laughs> but that's probably the only one of your hints that he actually understands. Okay, okay. Why don't you give me a check of some kind? Why don't you give me, like, a wisdom check or insight? Insight check. An insight check, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a zero on that, so that'll be good. This will help. Yeah, this will be good. I got a natural one. Okay. <laughs> um, you're not sure, but you think she said, blow them up, blow them up now, blow us all up now. What did you yeah. say? <laughs> <laughs> well, does that mean anything? It means, hey, are you okay? Uh, I'm behind this rock. If you didn't see me, I'm in, I'm hiding. <laughs> but she, but you definitely read it as blow them up. Yeah. You immediately see him take off whatever <laughs> that backpack is and slam okay. it to the ground in front of him. He's like hastily building something. Okay. So <laughs> you see you see Ox just start like take his Legos out and he's making something or whatever. And this figure she looks at you, Thurnier, Kelgum. What are you doing over behind the rock, real quick? Just are you preparing anything? I'm going to try to hide. Okay. Go ahead and give me another stealth check. Natural one. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> We're man. rolling so Your good. Your rolls are killing you right now, man. Or are you trying to hide, too? I got a two. Okay. I was going to say you have disadvantage because you're literally going ca No, I was going You can make sure that you don't have a negative one or, or, or a natural one if you want to. That would be something. Okay, so no. Yeah, a two is not going to do it. So she is speaking directly to you now, Thurnier, because... You're the of the two of you that you can see. She knows there's a couple of you hiding over behind the rock uh, because she saw you roll over there. But she's speaking to you now directly, Thurnier. There doesn't need to be bloodshed. Just give us the package. He's like, uh, wait, we're not at Norton Town yet, and we're not at the Lamp Inn, so no. And he like gets in a very battle stance and like sort of walks in front of Ox to, like, shield him while he's mm. building Legos. Oh, you hear uh, <laughs> you hear Ox, like, he sees what you're doing, he's like, don't stand in front of me! <laughs> this is a bad spot. Bad spot, okay. Um, <laughs> she says, Large one, son of the mountain, be reasonable. Give us the chest, and we will let you all live. Resist, and we will kill you where you stand. Uh, did you just call me fat? And then he, like, charges at her. He charges? Yep. Okay. Oh, um, my gosh. Let me see. So when that, when that is happening, Kelgum is, is trying to hide. He gets up to take off running as well. As he gets up to take off and, like, I'm going to say that you were going to, like, try and hide behind another tree. You know what I'm saying? Like, zoop out of the way. That was how you are going to hide. Because they knew you were behind the rock. So you're hiding a different way. Well, with that negative one, uh, when you go to make the first move, one of the small lizard bat things is going to try and attack you with one quick little surprise. And then, and Squirrel, they're going to try and attack you too. But if you recall, yeah, you get to move during a surprise round. Yep. Uh, so that's what's going to happen. We're going to go ahead right now and roll initiative. My initiative total is 15. Okay. Squirrel? 19. Okay. And Thurnier? 
got a 14. 14. And Kelgum. Six. Six. Kelgum. <laughs> you need to put that D20 in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing you. So only two of these small lizard bats, the ones that were off to the side that's closest to you guys, are going to take a surprise round. They're two of the little ones. One is going to attack uh, Kelgum, and one is going to attack Squirrel. But Squirrel, you're going to get a chance to go before them, okay? Because you beat them on initiative. So Squirrel, you you hop out, and you're, you're like moving over to another tree, and you see these two things one of them pulls out a you see him like slinging this piece of leather you actually see two of them doing it they're slinging this piece of leather they've got something in it and they're about to make an attack against you guys oh cool what do you do so she's gonna pull her sword off her back Mm -hmm. look over at kelgum now you're gonna see what this sword can actually do while you're hiding over there behind he's not behind the tree but you're behind the tree (laughs) and she's going to kind of charge up toward that one with the with her sword. Which, just one of the little ones? Yeah, the one okay. that's coming at me. Okay. Uh, what'd you roll? I rolled a three. Plus. Eight, so 11. <laughs> that is not going to do it. Okay. But you do get a second attack. Okay. So that's a 19. Okay, plus your... Plus eight. Okay. The second one is, so you run up with your wooden sword, and this thing sort of hops back and then, like, shrieks at you, <laughs> and then you swing at it again, and you hit it. Roll me your damage. So is it the 1d10 plus uh, 5, or is Are it you the one-handed or two-handed? I mean, she would be two-handed Okay, so if up. you're two-handed, it's d10. Oh, okay, cool. So that's 10 damage. So how do you hit it? When it shrieks at her, uh-huh. she goes... <laughs> and shrieks back at it. <laughs> okay, she like, she like and, hisses at it. Yeah, and so she just uh, runs up, and like, she's pretty short anyways, because she's a kid. Uh-huh. So she just runs up and hits it. Like in the leg, like the thigh, because that's really all she can do. In the thigh. Interesting. How do you kill something by hitting it in the thigh? (laughs) How I'm about to kill it? Yeah, it's dead. (laughs) Hamstring it. (laughs) You hit it in the thigh, and its legs go flying up, and when it does, it like comes down on its head. And like it's violent, (laughs) it does not move. (laughs) Uh, It hits the ground and does not move. Well, she's surprised. That she just killed this thing. She's very surprised. She looks back at Kelgum and she's like wide-eyed. Uh-huh. And she's like, I told you. And she's like super excited. Okay. Uh, that's the one that was going to hit you. It died. The one that's beside it is going to try and attack Kelgum. Kelgum, what is your armor class? 16. You hear the of a rock going spinning past your head and it misses. So now... We are going into regular initiative. All right. So what you've got is you've got Thurnir, kind of middle of the camp. About 15 feet away are most of the rest of these guys. They're spread out over about 15 feet side by side. And then right behind Thurnir, you have Ox. Off about 10 feet to the left, you have Kelgum, who is behind a tree, not hidden, but you do have partial cover behind a tree. And you have Squirrel, who has run up into the mix. Where you're at, Squirrel, there's now one dead lizard bat on the ground, one standing near you, who probably within five-ish feet, who just tried to attack your friend over there, or who you think is your friend, and as well as a big dude with a shield. The big dude with a shield is, after seeing you kill the small one, is going to step up quietly, holding up its shield. It is going to then come at you in the other hand with a long, sharp-tipped spear. Okay? That's cute. All right. First attack. What's your armor class? Oh, that's it. 14. Well, it's kind of low. 
Yeah. That is actually going to be a hit on the first one. Ow. So it's going to try and hit you. He hits you for five damage. Again, not nice. He's going to attack you again. That's cute. Oh, he goes to swing at you the second time. And when he does, he trips and you have a chance to make an opportunity attack because he rolled a natural one. Oh. oh. So that's 16. Okay, that's a hit. Booyah. Roll me to damage. So that's a nine plus five. Oh, oh my. That's the end of that guy's turn. The other one on the other side, also with a shield and a spear, is going to run toward you, Thurnier. He is rushing towards you. He is going to make an attack. What is your armor class? 16. Oh, nice. That is a hit. He rolled an 18 total. So he's wow. going to swing at you. Or not swing, but kind of jab at you with his uh, spear for four damage. Okay. Ow. Going to try again. The second one is only an eight to hit. So the second one is a miss. That is the end of his turn. So now you've got these two big shielded guys. One is up there next to Squirrel and just got whacked with a sword, a wooden sword, I should say. Blunt force damage. The other one <laughs> is now engaged with Thurnier. And now it is Squirrel's turn. Squirrel, yes. what do you do? When he hit her or whatever. Are y'all ready to see a 12, uh, no, I'm sorry, a 10-year-old girl who says she's 12 <laughs> murder a bunch of stuff with a wooden sword? <laughs> okay. okay. So, she wants to go up to the shield guy. Uh, well, that he's right in your business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's going to, like, look at him mm-hmm. and, like, make this face. Okay. A really angry face. Is that her <laughs> Is that her going into a rage? Yes. Okay. So, she's going to rage because okay. she is really mad. Okay. So, does, is there any sort of, like, does she do anything when she goes into a rage? Should she just make a mean look? Or she, does she yell okay, out? she'll jump back. Uh-huh. Makes the mean face. Uh-huh. Grabs her squirrel necklace that she has. Okay. And if you look really close, you could tell she has placed real squirrel teeth inside of this wooden <laughs> carved totem <laughs> that she has around her neck. And she also oh, has course. glued little pieces of squirrel hair all over it. Oh. But it's not even or nothing. There's just a few here. Okay. And, there. and she holds it. <laughs> what? Is that's that a her, squirrel? That's her squirrel in person. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> and then she se- she grabs her sword again and uh, she runs at that dude with the shield. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's gonna roll. All right, roll your attack. So okay. that's a thirteen plus eight. Uh, yeah, it's gonna do it. So go ahead and give me the damage. That's a nine plus plus five. Oh my goodness! Again. again. Okay. And then she gets attack again. Okay. Oh my god. That's goodness. a 19. Rolling like a boss Plus over here. Plus eight, and then. At least somebody can get something. <laughs> Ox is like, get him, squirrel! That's a six. That's a six plus five. Okay, so you're not adding your rage bonus to that. Oh, okay. I forgot. So I had that, that is 11 damage plus two. So, how does it look? When I kill it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy squirrel. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be an unholy squirrel. Please tell me you say that. <laughs> yes. After she does her, like, she goes into rage with mm-hmm. that weird uh, squirrel impersonation. Yeah, that was weird. She grabs her sword. She runs at him. Mm-hmm. Hits him on the thigh. Okay. That's all she can reach. Okay. Hits him on the other thigh. Uh-huh. And then she just, like... You don't know the anatomy. Maybe the heart's in the thigh. Who knows? Huh? <laughs> the brain's in the thigh. I hit his thigh. Uh-huh. But then... When he comes when I, down. When he, when he, he comes him, down, he I'm like, this is my chance. Okay. And so I just, like, like hit him in the neck. Oh, okay. But I don't want to, like, cut his head off. It's a, no, no, it's no, you a can't. It's, it's literally like hitting someone with, like, a, a really, stick. really, really hard oaken <laughs> stick. Yeah. So when he comes down, I just hit him in the neck. 
blunt force trauma instead. <laughs> uh, she, this kid is a murderer. Uh, okay. And then when he light, when he falls down, uh-huh. she's gonna look. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Okay, uh, one of the little guys goes. One of the little guys. He throws another rock at you, Kelgum. And again, you hear the sound of a stone flying past your head as it completely misses. Good. Then, I told you before, there's the woman with the big fur coat, and then there was another winged one that landed beside her. This one kind of takes a step to the side and is going to try and blast something at you, Thurnier. He's going to, you see him kind of wave his hands together, and here comes this ball of energy flying towards you. And let me roll an attack roll. Look! Okay, what's your armor class again? 16. That's actually going to be just enough to hit. So, you see this white ball of energy come flying out of the sky, flying towards you, and it's going to connect. This could be a pretty big hit. Not cool, bro. Could have been worse, but it, uh, it's pretty average. 14. This ball of energy hits your chest, and it is ice cold. You feel this crackling ice spread across your chest for 14 cold damage. All right. Ooh. I'm resistance okay. to cold. I don't know if that does anything. If you have resistance to cold damage, that means you take half of it. What? what? Nice. That's the only time that's ever been useful to me. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you play Goliaths a lot? Um, I have, but I definitely I definitely like rogues more. Nice. Oh, okay, I really like rogues. That's uh, you do mountain born. You have resistance to cold damage. Wow. That works out perfectly for you. So yeah, you take, what I say it was, 14? So you take seven? Yep. Nice. Seven damage. So you just kind of smirk as this cold hits you in the chest. And now it is Ox's turn. Look out, big guy. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh yes. You uh, look back when Ox screams and you see that he set up, he's like built a little platform. It's like a pedestal almost. And on top of it, he has strapped down what looked like his backpack, which is really two big cylinders. Oh, no. And he's cramming powder and, like, picking up random rocks. Oh, no. And you see, like, a little blue flame. Like, it's almost like it comes out of his hand. And he sticks to the back of it and goes, duck! And it's just, like, huge report of an explosion as he blasts the biggest one next to the Goliath. Okay, so you're gonna blast the one that just the one that just came up and tried to attack him. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you make a roll or is it a save? What is so, this? What is this actually? It is the force ballista. Um, it's oh a. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Let's roll this dice. If I get in that one, I'll cry. It's an eleven on the dice. Okay. Sixteen total. That'll do it. And this is a force ballista, you say? Yeah, it's like a purple magical looking blob of force energy goes flying towards it. <laughs> 2d8? It's 2d8. Okay. <laughs> That's 9 plus 2. 11 damage. 11 force damage and I'm pretty sure it pushes him 5 feet. Pushes him 5 feet away. Knocks him back and when it does you get to take an opportunity attack Thurnier. <laughs> hey. Give me an attack of opportunity. Nice. Get him. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. That is a 12. A 12 is not going to do it, unfortunately. You were caught off guard just a little bit when this enormous cannon went off right beside you. Thankfully missed and hit the guy next to you. You try to swing, but it's a little, just a little slow. But that's okay because it's your turn, so you're going to get another chance. Okay. Nice. I will 
take, I will accept that, and I'm gonna run up to him, and then swing at, like, go for his legs. Okay, that's an 18. Nice. Okay, that's a hit. Okay, 13 damage. Boom. Okay, and this is the same one that, that just got blasted, right? Yes. Okay, 13 damage. All right. Do you have a second attack or no? I do. Okay, so I will hit him again. Okay, that's a non-natural 20. That'll do it. Nice. Damage. Nice. That's only on. six damage. Six damage? Okay, you slice and dice a couple times. He's looking pretty rough. He's staggering back. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. All right, so... That is the end of Thurnier's turn. So now, Kelgum, you go. What do you do, Kelgum? You're behind a tree. You see a bunch of these guys out there. You see the main female lizard thing that's been talking. You've seen the one shoot a blasting spell at Thurnier. You see he's locked in with combat with him. You see a kid has built a, an enormous tank. What do you do? Um, does the um, main female girl, does she know that I'm hidden behind a tree? She does, yes. Okay. I'm... I'm going to try to hide again. Okay. As a bonus action? Yeah. Go ahead. That is a 20 non-natural. Okay. Okay. That yes. is good enough. You're one with the darkness. So now run up <laughs> to the um, main female and I'm going to use sneak attack. Cool. With your rapier? Yeah, with my rapier. Okay. Go ahead and uh, give me an attack roll. And since you're hidden, you have advantage. 15. That is just enough. That is 11 damage. No, 18 damage. 18 damage. Okay. Nice. This woman's probably a little focused. This this female lizard bat's kind of focused on the tank, probably. I mean, it just seems to be the most the thing you'd be most focused on right now <laughs> as she feels the sharp blade of your rapier stab in her from behind, right? Yeah. All right. That's your bonus action, your move, and your action. So that, that's the end of your turn? Yep. Now it's her turn. She is going to attack you since you just stabbed her. She's going to spin around facing you. She is going to, let's see, what is she going to do? She's going to try and stab. Stabby stab. She draws a sword from her waist. It, it looks kind of like a short sword. She's going to try and stab you with it. Okay. What's your armor class? 16. Okay, so that's actually a miss. Um, she she misses. She stabs at you. She only got a 13 total. She rolled pretty poorly. Uh, then you see with her other hand, she pulls from behind her back a similar short little sword thing, and she's going to try and stab you with it. She's kind of doing a little dance around you. Ooh, this one is probably a hit. It's a 25 to hit. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see. So that is going to be... Oh, my goodness. She rolled terrible. Good. Minimum damage. Five slashing damage as she slashes you with the sword. Okay, so Kelgum, after stabbing the main woman, and she hisses at you, slashing back, You've made a huge mistake, dwarf. And four of the little guys all around, they start closing in on you all, all right? They kind of rush in. The first one comes up and tries to stab you while she's locked into combat with you, Kelgum. Oh, it trips, falls right in front of you, and when it does, you can take an attack of opportunity because it kind of like falls past you with a natural one. So on this little guy, go ahead and just make me a, an attack roll with your rapier. That is a 23? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, nine damage. Okay. Uh, you, uh, what, how do you kill it? Um, so it kind of stumbles. So as uh -huh. I stumbles, I kind of think that like I'm pulling it out of like, pulling kind of like my rapier out of like the female back or anything. So when I pull it back, 
kind of trips and it just kind of falls into my sword. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it accident- you accidentally impale it and it is dead. <laughs> it falls off, slumps onto the ground dead. Another one comes running toward you and it's going to try and avenge its fallen brother. It also misses. It doesn't have a net one, but it does miss. The other two are going to rush the kid who built the, the tank. Let's see. One of them comes at you. I think that's actually going to be a hit. That's like a 24 to hit, I think, or 22 to hit. Uh, 22? Yes, that's a hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Yeah, I know it was. I was just making sure. That's not very nice. Uh, he's got a little little, little knife in his hand. Mm, uh, squirrel! I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. You take three damage as he like, stabs you in the arm. We used to be friends. Other one comes up and tries to attack you. What is your AC? 15. It misses. Yeah. And now we are rolling back around to the top of the initiative order. This guy's dead. This guy's the one that's locked in with Thurnier, and he is wounded. But he's going to try and stand his ground. He holds up his spear, and he's going to stab at you, Thurnier. Oh, that is going to be a hit. A 25 to hit, I think, or 20. Yeah, it's over 20. So that's a hit, right? That'll do it. Okay. That is going to be he stabby stabs at you with his spear. One-handed still. (sighs) Minimum damage. You take two piercing damage. (laughs) Wow. That's that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) He's going to stab again. The second one is a miss. Yes. Okay, Squirrel. Hello. Let's see. What's going on around you, Squirrel? I don't think there's anybody currently engaged with you. No, I, I killed, you killed them all. You killed them both. <laughs> you hear Ox being like, uh, Squirrel, help. As soon as she hears Ox holler uh, out. Yeah, you see two little guys over there with her I knives I think I've decided him. when she's raging, she only does her squirrel impression. Okay, all right, I'm for so it. So she hears Ox holler uh, out. She automatically, like, looks over at uh-huh. him. She runs over, uh-huh. and she's going to try to hit one of the guys that's hitting Ox. Okay. She's going to look at Ox. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness gracious, it's too much. Okay, uh, attack it. Attack the little guy. There's two of them. You can attack the first one. I'll attack the first one. Okay. So that's a 10 plus 8. That'll do. 18. So how, does, how does it look? So after she looked over at Ox and, and kind of makes her squirrel noise, mm. she... Still has her sword in hand, mm. and she like jumps off of the platform. Cause okay. She, she's crazy. Okay. She jumps off the platform that he built uh, and tries to anyway. She's okay. not really good at it, mm. and jumps off and just like stabs it. Okay. So she stabs it in his chest, mm. and that's how he dies. So it doesn't actually pierce his chest. We'll say that it, like hits him so hard in the chest that he like falls back on the fire. <laughs> okay, that and works. Like, and he's like <laughs> unconscious and burns to death. And then after she does that, she lands. And she just, like, you know the dramatic scenes in a movie where they land and they're looking at the ground yeah. and then they slowly look up at the other person? <laughs> she does that and she's like... <laughs> okay, give me your second attack against the other one. Oh, my That's goodness. That's a nat 20. <laughs> what a waste. Yes. <laughs> on this peon. Okay. Okay, right, nat 20. All right, roll so me double damage. So. So 2d10s. Mm-hmm. That's 5, five plus 5 is 10. 8. 13 plus 5. Plus two. It's a uh, lot. It's 20. 20 damage. 20 damage. Uh, where do you hit this one? So I'm thinking, let's see, I'll hit him in the thigh. It's really short. This <laughs> oh, one's is really it? short. Is yeah, it? these guys are pretty short. Okay. So she's just going to run up, and she is just going to just cut him right in the neck okay. again. Yeah, his head comes off. Really? Yeah. With the wooden sword. Little, when his head falls off. A little. It's it literally just like, like T-ball. When his head falls off, uh, I guess, she's going to look up, hold her sword above her head. <laughs> <laughs> this person is insane. Yeah, get him, squirrel. <laughs> One of the other little guys sees this happen. He is going to cry out and try and run up and stab you, squirrel. Mm, that's fine. What's your armor class? 
14. That's actually going to be a hit. It's, hmm. It meets. So he's going he's gonna to stab you for three total damage. But you take half of that. So hmm. uh, round it down. It's one. One damage. Awesome. He doesn't feel very good about it. <laughs> <laughs> the magic dude sees what just occurred, sees you slaying the little ones, and it is going to uh, turn its ire onto you. Oh, no. It is going to bring its hands up, let out a shrieking cry, and it is going to bring its hands down, and from its fingertips are going to fire three bolts of fire towards you. First one is a natural 20. That'll hit. Second one is a miss. Third one is a hit. So you're going to get hit twice, but the first one's a crit. So Mm. it's 2d6, but because it's a crit, the first one's going to be 4d6 on each one. Just one. One of them's 46. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, four, five. Plus five is ten. Sixteen fire damage from the first one. Boom! Right in your face. And then another one's going to do it. Nice. The other one's only three damage. So you take a total of 19 fire damage. Ooh, that hurt me really bad. That's a big hit. <laughs> That's a big hit. Is my sword on fire? Uh, Maybe a little sm- It's smoking a little bit. Okay. You know, you might need to stick it in the in the snow. Um, but that is his turn. He is going to then, because no one's engaged with him, he is going to actually fly up, lift up off the ground about 15 feet. Not cool. Screeching at you guys. Ox. The first thing he's going to do is like, get him squirrel! And he's going to like, there's a crossbow that's like mounted to his left arm. It like springs open and he's going to fire a shot at the one flying with it first. Okay. The flying one, you say? Yep, yep, yep. That's a plus four to hit. Ooh, that's an 18. Okay, that hits. Cool. So his crossbow is... It's a D8 plus one. Okay. So that's eight damage. Eight damage. All right, sticks into its leg. Is the big one still uh, uh, in combat with our Goliath? Uh, The big one is in combat with Kelgum. Oh, what, you mean like the woman? Yeah. Or the big shield guy? The woman's with Kelgum and the big one's with Goliath, right? The big shield guy's with Goliath. Yeah, he's bleeding all over. I'm going to blast the woman. Okay. I'm be okay. like, duck Kelgum! And fire <laughs> my uh, cannon at her. <laughs> okay. It's got a 15-foot range? Or no? No, it, I'm doing the force ballista. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to see what it's actual, but it's good. It's it's 120 feet. Yeah, it is. I think you're within that. Uh, go ahead and roll the damage, or the. I'm sorry, not the damage, but the attack. Oh no. Oh no. It's a one. It's a natural oh, one. Oh no. It's a natural one. Kelgum, I'm sorry to tell you, but that kid just shot you with a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll me the damage. It's two d eight. Oh jeez. Oh no. Now, Kelgum, you should have uncanny dodge. If this turns out to be a really big hit, it might be a good time to use that. You can use your reaction to half the damage. Let's see. Uh, well, it's thirteen total with the dice. That's pretty. Well, that's you had two to it. That's fifteen. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good hit. What do you What do you think? You want to uncanny dodge for fifteen damage and take half that, or you want to just take it? I'll half it. Okay, so take seven damage. Good call. You see that the shot is going to go badly. You do try to duck, and you you get somewhat out of the way, but some of that shrapnel of, of rock and dirt just, like, peppers you. You take seven damage. I just glare at Ox. 
Sorry. <laughs> These kids. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So now it is Thurnier's turn. Thurnier. He is going to swing at the bleeding guy. Okay. Okay. That is a 13. 13 is a miss, unfortunately. Okay. So I, you know, those like rides that you go like this and then you go like this. Uh huh. It's gonna be like that. So I swing at him like this, and then I swing at him like this. Okay. <laughs> cool. Figure eight. Oh, that's a natural twenty. Oh yes. boy. All right. Booyah. Double that damage. Roll me two. What is it? D tens. Get it. Use that great X. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, that's twenty-one damage. Holy cow. So how does it look when you kill this guy? So have you seen Paul Blart Mall Cop? Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's been a while. You know, and he like hits his legs. And then he, like, hits uh, him down the middle. Yeah. It's a little something like that. Okay. Uh, he hits the ground. He's his, his leg is pretty much chopped off, and he is dead. He's not He's not moving. And I have this thing that says, the great weapon master attack on your turn when you score a critical hit with a melee weapon or reduce a creature's HP to zero. With one, you can make a one melee attack as a bonus action. You've still got your full move. So you can move up and attack someone else if you want. I think I'm going to attack the main lady. Okay, you step up, charging forward. Go ahead and make me a bonus attack. Ooh, that's a 12. Okay, that's actually a miss, unfortunately. If you wanted to, you've got your precision attack. If you wanted to spin one of your die, you can add it and, and uh, you can roll and add it to the attack roll. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Okay, because you're you're you got a 12. You're not too far away. I'll say it that way. Your brother hit her with a 15. Your precision attack. When you make a weapon attack roll, you can expend one superiority die to add it to the roll before or after the roll, but before any effects are applied. I got you one D8. Oh, I just dropped it. <laughs> That's three added. That is exactly what you needed to hit. <laughs> that so is awesome. you hit. Uh, give me that D12 damage. Seven. Okay. Is it with your attack bonus? Oh, wait. No, it's not. Then it would be a 12. All right. Damage, 12 damage. You slash your axe across her back, and she kind of spins on her ankle looking at you furiously. Uh, Kelgum, it's your turn. So she turned on him? Yeah, but she's you're both right in within five feet of her. So you can sneak attack her. You don't have advantage, but you can do sneak attack. Because with sneak attack, you can use it when you have advantage, or if one of your allies is within five feet of her. Okay, Sweet. so I'm going to use sneak attack. Okay. Uh, 13. 13's not going to do it, unfortunately. We've we've been down this road. We know what it is. We know we need a 15. That's unfortunately going to be a miss. I guess maybe when she spots him, she senses you coming and just kind of dips out of the way. Do you do anything else on your turn? So there's that little guy, right? The little guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Disengage with her and... You disengage, that means you can take your full move if you want to move somewhere. You won't be able to take another attack, but if you wanted to, you could disengage and like get somewhere where maybe you could hide again, so you could have maybe t- try to get advantage on the next attack roll. So, yeah, I'm going to dash... Okay. Like, behind one of the trees that's, like, her, so, like, not in front of her. So on your next turn, if you want to, you can start off by trying to hide. And yeah. And then, then you can try to use that advantage. Okay. All right, and now it is her turn. She is. She just felt the big slash across her back, so she's going to turn around and try and uh, and make with the stabs on you, Thurnier. Okay. First one is a hit. She's got her little short swords in her hands. 
First one is for ooh, nine damage. Okay. She's going to make another attack roll with her other little short sword. This one is not nice. Uh, that's also a hit. Uh, six damage on the second one. Okay. Double slash. Let's see. We've got the one little one, the one that's over near you guys. The little one is going to try and throw a rock at Kelgum as he's running away. And it is a miss. Kelgum, you hear another rock go flying by your head. A lot of rocks flying by your head today. <laughs> and now we're back around to Squirrel. Squirrel, there is a little guy. Uh, there's actually two little guys. One is throwing a rock at Kelgum. One is over there by Thurnier. Uh, you've got the big guy, the one flying in the air, and then you got the big woman. So you see her pull off her back mm. a short-looking metal stick thing. Okay. It's supposed to be a javelin, but it barely has a point. Like, it's it's like really, it's not really blunt, but kind of. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw it at the flying guy. So that's, that's a six, six plus, plus eight. Six plus eight. Fourteen. Yes. Nope, that's not going to do it. Okay, so that's my first attack. Okay, here's do my second one. one. That'll be that's enough. A 13 plus 8. Okay, uh, roll the damage. Get it, get it. Okay, 1d6 plus 5. Plus your rage. That's 11 plus my rage is 2, so that's 13, 13. damage to the bro. All right. And when she throws it, uh-huh. you just hear her go, <laughs> uh, It is going to make a save. Oof, not good. It hits it right in the head, and it actually loses altitude. It doesn't, like, crash, but it kind of flutters down and lands on the ground. Uh, and that is the end of your turn. Um, she's going to move over closer to Ox. Okay. And she's going to look back at the flying dude. Now he's on the ground and okay. just hiss at him. Okay, the one uh, little lizard bat that's near you, Thurnier, that's locked in with you and that's helping out its uh, leader here is going to try and stab you with a dagger. Okay. Nope. It's a six total. I don't think it's going to do it. Nope. Then it is the flying one's turn again. The flying one is, you know, after you hit it and it's just kind of locked in with you, it's going to try and uh, zap you again with something. Um, He's really hurt me already. This is turning to a slugfest. Yeah, but we're you guys have really taken out a lot of their peeps. What's your AC? 15? 14. 14. I think that's going to be a hit, but it's not going to be too bad. Uh, similarly, it holds up its hand, and you see its hand kind of light up with fire again, and it shoots a fire bolt at you for two damage. Yay. Actual trash. Now it is your turn, Ox. Um, I'm going to keep welling with this cannon. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing. The crossbow at the one in the air. Okay. We're gonna get you out of the sky. What's on the ground now? Well, he's he's st- he's looking up. Gonna get you out of the sky. <laughs> and then he realizes it's not it's there. And so he goes to shoot the guy who landed on the ground. Okay. Ooh, that's a thirteen. Thirteen plus four is seventeen. That's gonna do it. That's mm. enough. Roll me the demand. Ooh, that's only three damage. But um, he's gonna go try to blast the woman again. Um. Get down for real this time. Boom. <laughs> okay, roll it. Say a little prayer for you. Okay, that's much better. It's a 16 on the dice. Okay, that's a hit. Yes. 2d8. 2d8's worth of damage. Okay. Nine. And it's going to blow her backwards five feet. It does. It pushes her back. And when it does, near you can take an attack of opportunity. Okay. You're welcome. I got a 19 on the dice. Okay. Sweet. Definitely a hit. Totes a hit. That's 12 damage. All right. You're seeing some 
dark, dark, dark red, almost blackish red blood that it's starting to kind of stain up her white furs, and she hisses. This is foolish. And it's your turn, Thurnier. I'm going to just walk up and try and hit her again. Yes. My master will be displeased. 22, I think. I think it's going to do it. Maybe we should capture her. <laughs> that <laughs> might be a good idea. That's 15 more damage. Holy cow. Keep going. You got another one. Oh, wow. That's another 27. Oh, my, oh my oh, goodness gracious. Wow. <laughs> That's 11 damage. Okay. She is going to actually kind of scoot when you go to hit her with that one. And she manages to, like, slip a little bit out of the way and takes half the damage. Okay. A little thing she can do sometimes. Very sneaky. Kind of reminds you of uh, little Kelgum over there. <laughs> anyway, Kelgum, it's your turn. Okay, so I'm going to hide. Okay. 28. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to yeah. sneak attack the main lady again. Okay. Okay, I got a 19. To hit? Yeah. Okay, that's a hit. 25 damage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. You stab her right through the back. And when you do, she lets out this shrieking cry. Like it, it fills, it like reverberates off of all of the trees around you guys. And she kind of like slumps down onto her knees and she coughs out that same black blood. And she says, It's, it's enough. You will surrender. Surrender the box. Or surrender your lives. And you guys feel as the wind around you begins to blow very strongly. Oh, no. Um, the one guy that's, like, winged on the ground, he, like, gets up and he... He's like limping, he's holding a spot on his chest where he's been shot with a crossbow, and he takes flight and is trying to fly away. You see the little one kind of like hunker down, looking left to right, and then take off running into the woods, the other one falling behind him. And this this female starts like lifting up off the ground, and as she does, there is a blast of blizzardy wind just blowing against you guys. And then you hear the sound of countless little bitty shrieks on the wind. And you see something spinning around in the wind around you guys. I think that's Arcuta. Get out of here. <laughs> you see Ox like start tearing down his cannon and like making it back into a backpack real quick. Okay. Um, he like starts running towards the... The woman? Cart. The, the oh, Is the she one. lifting up off the ground? You said she's like flying, levitating? Oh, she's up off the ground, yeah. She's up inside this whirlwind now, yeah. Oh. She's pulled the fail safe. Um, what's in the box, guys? Let's go! What's in the box? Junior <laughs> sticks his tongue out at her, turns around and like hitches up Donald to the cart. <laughs> okay. Donald is kind of freaking out. Uh, you quickly get on the cart, Kelgum. You get on the cart? Yeah, I kind of like jump on like the back okay are all are any of them trying to come at us or they're all running away except the the female she is now levitated probably 30 feet or more into the air and like i said you can hear all these tiny little shrieks on the wind but you don't know what it is right now so i'm just gonna kind of hang on to the back and just kind of start swinging my sword okay you're gonna have to help me up 
and you see the ox is like hopping trying to reach the lip of the back of the cart and he can't quite get there yeah squirrel you come up behind ox and she like kind of shoves him Uh up onto the cart Mm -hmm. and she's expecting him to help her up when he actually gets up well you're you're pretty amped right now you could probably just scale it like a mountain wall yeah she just like a little squirrel she just like skitters up the side uh everyone's in all right let's go donald (laughs) donald Donald takes off at a breakneck run (laughs) as you guys are just (laughs) taking off (laughs) that is going to be the end of the first part of our adventure what's in the box what's in the box (laughs) as you guys are taking off breakneck down alongside the Glim River trying to reach Norton Town being chased by some sort of crazy blizzard storm and an evil lizard bat. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Jeremy and I play Ox. I'm Felicia and I play Squirrel. I'm Jack and I play Kelgum. I'm Charlie and I play Thurnier. And we will see you guys next week. Yeah. So, Jack, is this your first time playing D&D, or do you play D&D? Um, not my first time. I play we play a lot when we go to our family reunions. We play a lot cool. friends, but otherwise... That's cool. So how did you hear about Make Believe Heroes? Well, my brother started listening to it, and mm-hmm. there was not really a D&D podcast that I really listened to that have, like, swearing, because most of them did. Yeah, so then, yeah that's true told me how good it was and then i just started listening to it cool awesome and what about you charlie did you just find it on the app or did someone recommend it to you yep i just looked it up and i was like that sounds nice (laughs) (laughs) that's cool i gotta know jack jack who's your favorite character oh no oh no um like player or character character pure Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> okay. What about you, Charlie? Um, I think Jim. Oh goodness, I can't play with you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jim is pretty cool. I yeah, will Jim say. is really He's cool. He's one of my faves.